Why, hello and welcome. Welcome to the Peer Pressure Podcast. I am Diane, sometimes known as Diane Kamikaze, and I am your host. The reason why I do this podcast is because I like to say I am a champion of heavy music. I've always found my favorite songs since I was a young kid had riffs, hooks, were either metal, hardcore, hard rock, or punk, or something fairly aggressive in attitude and sound. And I am all about appreciating the people that keep that world going, whether they're musicians, webmasters, other podcasters, record label and festival owners. It's important to me to recognize what these people do in that realm of music. So... I am here to bring them to you in a different context, more than a Wikipedia entry or a press release, a little more personal and a lot more fun. I'm a rocker for life, and I hope these episodes do make a difference. Send me feedback at diane at wfmu.org. And my Facebook page is Diane Kamikaze Farris, rocker for life. Like my page there, and I will keep everybody updated on podcast episodes in that space. Thanks so much for listening and stay tuned. Today my guest is Dana Schechter of Insect Arc. She visited the studio February 15th, 2018. Their new record is called Marrow Hymns. It is out on the Profound Lore label and that was released a week after our interview. Check them out online, insectarc.com, that's I-N-S-E-C-T-A-R-K.com. They're playing April 15th, 2018 at Elsewhere in Brooklyn with Wolf Eyes, Martin Rev, Mystic Ruler, and Bentley Anderson. And we'll be embarking on a five-week tour of Europe, which includes stops at Roadburn, and a residency at Stockholm's EMS. Dana is a really talented multi-instrumentalist and gifted songwriter. She masters noise and texture really creatively and with a, with a fresh angle which I think is hard to come across nowadays. So she'll talk a little bit about progress in terms of collaborations and learning and mastering instruments, a little bit about how she makes a living. And altogether, it's a great little interview. Stay tuned, Diane Kamikaze for WFMU. Which leads me to my very special guest, Dana Schechter. Say hello. Hey, Diane. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm so glad to be here in the studio with you. She is here live. And so my very special guest is Dana Schechter of Insect Arc. And then, of course, uh, formerly of Bee and Flower. And you're currently in Gnaw. And you're wearing a Gnaw shirt. I sure am. I should have taken a picture. <laughs> um, so, so how are you? And thank you for making the trip. I'm good. Uh, Today is the first day of the winter where we don't have to wear hats and sweaters. It's like spring. It is. It's a, it's a little um, liberating. Definitely. And um, so I would like to start out because you are an ins- a multi-instrumentalist and right. a composer. And you're really extremely overly talented in many areas. So I wanted to just find out a little bit of background. How did you, um, what was your upbringing like? Um, Was music in your family and were you encouraged? Like when did you really start to pay attention to music? I definitely had music in my family. I started playing flute at nine and uh, because my mom played flute and uh, she also plays cello and piano and I started playing bass when I was uh, in junior high school. I think the first year I played upright bass and I had to stand on a box because I was really short. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I think that same year um, I started going to metal shows when I was 12. 
with my older sister, Leah. And we were pretty embedded into the San Francisco Bay Area thrash scene as it was developing. So we had a lot of friends in those bands and we were surrounded by music and our parents would drop us off at these metal shows, these, you know, two little girls. And nice. we would go thrash around in the pit. Yeah. Oh my so, God. Um, oh my God. I love that. Yeah. So I was definitely surrounded by music from a very early age. And I started playing bass at uh, 16, bass guitar. Bass guitar. Yeah. So that was sort of based on your, your love for more or less the rock because I mean flute and stand-up bass are sort of a little bit more you would call a classical instrument yeah definitely. so then so then you realize that you wanted to rock well I knew I wanted to rock there is a a story behind me playing bass which I've it, talked about a little bit before but I don't I don't know the story okay so <laughs> it's okay one of the bands that was very prominent around that time in our group of friends in our community was Metallica and Cliff Burton was a friend of mine oh. and uh, wow. they, they all were friends of, our, of mine oh and my, my sisters yeah wow. and so I used to hang out with those guys and the community and they used to say yeah Yo, you're so young because I was just like this tiny junior headbanger <laughs> and uh, <laughs> everyone said you should start playing now because by the time you're our age you'll be so good and so I said Cliff you know give me lessons. And he said, get a bass. And I'd say, you know, a a month later, Cliff, give me lessons, get a bass. And I didn't. And then, you know, we know what happened. He had his accident and I was, uh, I was crushed because obviously, you know, he was an, he was an incredible human and I really meant it that I wanted to play bass. And so I, Pretty much right away, I think it was the same week, I went out and I got my first bass guitar. Mm. And that is actually the same bass that I play in Insect Arc. It's a Fender 70s mm-hmm. Fender bass. And that's the one that I got. And I, I really did start playing bass in his memory wow. to, to some extent. Wow. Yeah. And that's then I just wonderful. kept going. Yeah. Well, he would be really proud. Yeah. Miss that guy. Yeah. Oh, so, my God. Wow. So that's, that's, the, that's the actual story of why... As far as learning other instruments, it was mostly based on not being able to find people that could play things that I could hear in my head. So I wanted to write songs with piano. I didn't know any piano players. I learned, I kind of hacked my way through it until I could play some chords and some melodies and I, you know, taught myself piano and then the same thing with drums and much later with insect arc, same thing with lap steel. Is there any particular memory that you have of Cliff Burton? Just, yeah. uh, just I don't know Many. something <laughs> something that that tells his personality in a yeah. short little like oh he did this and blah 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 blah. There's a lot of very blurry memories from that time. Of course, um, it's been a long time. It's been a long time, and you know there was partying going on and some late nights. But I remember driving around in his car with him, which was this beat up old Volkswagen, oh. and him blasting the Misfits and me sitting in the passenger seat and him smashing the dashboard in time to the music and headbanging and singing <laughs> along with these misfit songs while the car while, was moving. while driving yes <laughs> yes and uh and singing you know screaming out the window at people <laughs> that's awesome yeah how how possessed and perfect that is yeah I, well i i love that that's yeah and and that's so that is something that would really make you committed when you lose a friend like that. And I'm sorry for yeah. for you being, being close. I mean, everybody the, had that loss with him. Sure. And there was people who were even closer to him, of course, that were impacted much more than I was. But, I mean, it was a major loss to the music world and to the community, to his oh, family. Yeah. His yes partners you know and metallica yeah yeah, obviously yeah and so it was a pretty rough experience for that but maybe one of the first people that i lost in my life and Mm. we've all gone through that as we're getting older and older it keeps happening and you you keep remembering to to try to make something with your time here and i think that has stuck with me and that's probably a source and some kind of a seed of my workaholic nature is just trying to 
make some tiny mark in the universe of the ideas that come to me. It's almost not important if anybody hears it or not, but mm. I feel like I need to m make it somehow. But you're getting out something that's inside of you. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's wonderful. Yeah. So what was the first record you bought as a kid? Well, I don't actually remember the first record that I purchased myself, mm -hmm. but I remember the first record that I got as a gift from my mom was a My Sharona 7-inch. Oh, nice. And I would jump up and down and listen to it, and then I jumped <laughs> on it, and I broke it in half by accident. <laughs> Oops. That's awesome. Yeah. So you went from, from pop to metal. Like, I mean, I'm going to guess that you listened to a lot of stuff because the instruments that you played and you've touched on a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. So you went from, like, the knack to right. to the Bay Area. Thrash metal. Thrash Yeah, thrash yeah there was a lot in between. I think <laughs> in between that was stuff like B-52s and... Um, more accessible but weird stuff mm -hmm. you know weird for a kid i guess yeah. um there was a lot there was all kinds of stuff in there though i have a great photo of me getting a b-52s record at christmas was like you know like as a little kid with this giant smile so much i i can't really bring it up right this second but that's good. Weird pop music, mostly. Yeah. Did you know that you were, I'm guessing that you were out of the ordinary from your peers in a lot of ways? Yeah, I didn't fit in with anybody. I, luckily, my family luckily. was very accepting. And my family and my sisters, and we were all artists. You know, I kind of come from this artist background. So there wasn't a lot of limitation or expectation that I should be any one way which I'm very grateful for. And you found a way, you, I mean, you're very accomplished in music and in, I guess, in video and animation. Um, it's interesting in that it, there were no expectations on you, but you have a lot of expectations for yourself. You nailed that one, yeah. <laughs> I, I pushed myself pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Well, and your output is remarkable. Thanks, Diane. So let's move fast forward, really fast forward. The new Insect Arc record mm -hmm. is coming out. On the, the 23rd, the 23rd of February. Yeah, yeah. So We're really excited. So congratulations yeah. on that. Thanks. And how long has Insect Arc been around for? Well, I started it as a solo project at the end of 2011. When it, you played on Fabio's show, was yeah. were you, you were doing this solo insect art? Yeah. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. It was just me. Fabio's in the record library. He's peering through the window right now. Fabio. <laughs> it's my favorite radio day for WFMU because yeah. it's your show, then Fabio's show, and nice. this uh, special day. Yes. What was the question again? <laughs> uh, I just wanted to know if you were. <laughs> so you were. We, oh, right. You had said you were. You started, started off Insect Arc as right. solo. Yeah. Yeah. I started it off by myself, and it, it kind of changed shape after the first year. The first year was really just experimenting with what I was going to do with it. Mm -hmm. I never wanted to be in a band by myself before but it was just circumstantial and I got to a place in my life where I had become sort of fed up with trying to keep a band together I had done being flower for over 10 years and mm. I had moved to Berlin and lived there and restarted it then moved back and we made a lot of records and the logistics of keeping a band together became really uh, too much for me and yes. I found that I wasn't writing and I wasn't being creative and I was making, most of my time was spent trying to follow things up and try to make things happen. And it just seemed a little bit too uphill for me. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I decided to not officially, you know, stop that band, but it just sort of went into an inactive mode. So when I started Insect Dark, I thought like, well, you know, I don't know what this is going to be at all, but I'm just going to start making sounds and see what happens without being worried about songs or vocals or structures or anything and just go back to this place where it's just about sonics and it's you know embracing noise and embracing texture and, and embracing this heavy music that's basically been in me my whole life it was really freeing it was very liberating so i released i think four there's four releases that i basically played it, all the instruments 
and you know recorded it all myself and then had somebody else mix it then when the last album portal well was coming out was when i met ashley spongeon and she thought sure I'll, i'll join you for a couple gigs out on the west coast and we did that and really enjoyed it and it just sort of went from there so now we have this finished album marrow hymns which profound lore is putting out yeah we're really yeah we're extremely psyched so thanks to chris from profound lore for taking a chance on us <laughs> and uh we're really we're really excited and we're really proud of the record and who did the artwork on the cover Martin Donders, he's a Dutch artist that lives in Paris. Oh, well. He did the watercolor paintings and, yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's really beautiful. I, I will post it on the playlist as soon as I can. So when you met Ashley, were you looking for somebody else just for a couple of gigs? Like, oh, I want a drummer. I want to kind of get this a little bit different live. I was looking for a drummer, but I wasn't doing it in a way that was really active it was more of a situation where I felt like since I am at my heart a bassist, I started getting pretty bored playing along with these program drums that I had made and sonically they were interesting and it was a good experience for me to learn how to make drum beats as a non-drummer and I actually enjoyed that but it wasn't that fun to play live and since I wanted it to be really dense and heavy and sort of enveloping, I wanted the rhythmic element there but it's kind of hard to get it up as a bass player on stage to program drums. So it's just not exciting. So I thought, okay, well, maybe a drummer, which of course completely destroys the whole idea of having a solo project, which is really easy to mobilize. I mean, yes, you have to carry all your stuff around with you by yourself, and that is actually quite a lot of stuff since I play bass and lap steel and synthesizers, et cetera. But so, of course, drums are like, the biggest thing that you could possibly add and you can't move around in a little car anymore or take the train or whatever. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) But it's drums are really one of my favorite instruments Mm -hmm. and I met Ashley and she had time and we hit it off immediately and I really like her band Taurus. Yes. So you know and I I knew what they had done and we hit it off and so I thought okay, this, I think, is worth pursuing, even though she lives all the way across the country. But we've made it work. We just have to move a little slower than a band that, let's say, lives in the same city and can practice every week. I think there's probably advantages to that, too, though. You know, it's like, is this really how we want to do it? And is this really the right venue and the right right tour dates? And because all the time, people just jump on the road and like cool oh and four of those shows fell through right in some ways it'll force you that um it's interesting that you because being flowers seem to be all over the place personnel wise and you said you had moved and all that and it sounds as if to find the right fit maybe the right fit is not in new york and when did you move to new york i moved to new york from san francisco in 1997 so i've been here for just over 20 20 years years. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yep, I moved here in 97, and I lived here for six years, and then I moved to Berlin for four years, and then I moved back to New York. When you first moved to New York, did you have any kind of hazing or, like, New York, like, whoa, okay, like, this is New York, kind of? Well, I had been here (laughs) before, but (laughs) New York in 97 was a very different New York than we have now. Oh, yeah. I mean, now you walk down the street in New York, it's... I feel safer here than I do in San Francisco, and it's cleaner, and I guess you could argue if where is more like wealthy, bougie, elitist place, San Francisco or New York, but I think New Yorkers are forced to deal with each other. You know, you have to take the train. Yes. You, you, do, yes. you have to, to deal with a crazy person on the train coming up to you and talking to you and that's not an option to stay in your bubble and I felt like in San Francisco that people were able to to some extent because of the wealth that came in people were able to define their lifestyles down to filtered water ice cubes and what kind of you know (laughs) organic cotton shoelaces I mean I make I'm totally making that up but I think that there's but, this sen- not, there's but yeah, I think it does exist that way. So here you can have 
extremely wealthy multimillionaires and they're taking the subway with everybody else. And I think it helps keep people's feet on the ground in a different way than if you just go from one bubble to another bubble. Yes. I'm sure that happens here too. I don't know any millionaires in New York, but (laughs) maybe they just take cabs everywhere. But cabs are filthy and dangerous here. I love it here. I do get tired of it sometimes, but not for the reasons that people might think, such as, you know, it's not dirty and dangerous and scary, and but there's still amazing world-class art and music here, and oh, yeah. if you can if you can find the time for it, you can there's culture. go. There's all kinds of culture out there. <laughs> yeah, I go to Central Park almost every week, and for years I was like, eh, the park, and I'm like, no, it's so cool it's like these giant old trees and the sense of history here too is really intriguing to me so you just have to get yourself out of the house and go <laughs> which can be the hard part especially for you you're working on five million projects what are you working on right now since this record is out we'll hear some of that in a little bit we're basically finalizing the plans for our tour in europe which is april and may you're going to Roadburn. Yeah, we're playing Roadburn. Oh, we're really Roadburn. psyched. You going to go? Um, no. <sighs> Not this year. Probably next year. Dang it. Okay. I, uh, I love Roadburn. Yeah. The, um, well, and I was going to ask you if you had a whole tour of Europe or if you were just going for that trip and you were going to stay for a few days at Roadburn. Well, uh, Roadburn is the first show on a five-week tour. Oh, wow. Um, but we're going to hang out at the festival for the the full four days which oh good yeah nice so as soon as roadburn is finished we're going to do a recording residency at ems studios in stockholm nice and which is very exciting they have all kinds of cool um very specialized synthesizers there so we're going to record there and that's you know we were invited to do a residency there and then we're going to go to another part of sweden and do another slash residency um, collaboration with the people from Arab Rot. Oh, wow. Who, um, yeah, you've been on... Are, are you in Arab Rot, or have you... I record... I played Lap Steel on their new album. Mm-hmm. It's called Who Do You Love. It's coming out... I think it's coming out this year. Yeah, it says 2018. Yeah. On that little so, and we toured with them a couple of years ago, and oh, that's great. how They're we great. met. Yeah, yeah, so we're going to go and record in their beautiful... Uh, they live out in the absolute boonies in a it's not even a village I don't think I don't there's no store you know there's nothing it's just farmhouses in um, Darlana in Sweden and mm-hmm. so they they have this incredible church that they've transformed into a recording studio so wow. we're going to go and work with them wow. and then we're going to do a bunch of dates with Nod which is spelled oh, yes. G-N-O-D mm-hmm. in case I'm not enunciating. From the UK, we're going to do some dates with them. And then we're going to do some dates on our own. And that's five weeks. And then you come back and then it's summer. Yeah. Nice. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to get into a little bit of music. You were kind enough to get Ashley to give you some songs, too. So I've kind of got a little bit of a double playlist here. And I want to see if we can get to a large percentage of it. What do you want to start with? Oh, your choice, because you're at the helm. Let's see. I do see you wearing a captain's hat, Diane. You do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not much of a hat person, but I would try it. I think it would look good. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm not closed to the suggestion. We'll <laughs> see. We'll get a... Is there a haberdasher in the house? <laughs> what about Circle? Great idea. And why did you choose? This is one of your choices, isn't it? No, the it? circle is uh, one of Ashley's oh, cool. choices. Yeah. Okay. Tell us why Ashley chose it. <laughs> Ashley, why did you choose it? Ashley, don't, I don't know. Because <laughs> she loves it, probably. Probably. Yeah. Why not? What's not to love about circle? That's right. So this is off of uh, the Terminal record. Ashley from Insect Arc chose the song Kill City. And we're going to hear some circle. We'll be back with Dana Schechter in a little while.
Dana. Hello, Diane. Well, we just had a fabulous set, and we just had a world premiere of an insect arc song, and I and I apologize for not making a big deal of it and and going like, what like what was the the, the crazy eighty commercial to be like or or there was something that would go Sunday 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 like like no and and so anyway monster truck rally I think yeah is what you're thinking of uh huh so we had our own little monster truck rally here we heard Slow Ray off of Marrow Hymns from Insect Arc and are all of your tracks instrumental? Yes. The first release, which was a seven inch, had vocals on one side. Mm -hmm. And right after that, I said, okay, no more vocals. Even though I was a singer for years, I just... You do have a lovely voice. Oh, thanks. It had more to do with how many things I could do at once if I was playing bass, doing recording live loops and triggering samples and switching instruments. I thought if I remove the thing that gives me the most anxiety, which is singing, then I won't have the same kind of nervous energy when I'm performing. It was particularly a performance issue. Because vocals are the things that make us vulnerable, you know, if you feel like you want to be able to sing well or in key or anything like that, that is the source where you can't just go forward and just be present and just make crazy sounds you have to actually think about it for right. me i'm not yes. a natural singer i sang for years but i never i never once thought of myself as a singer and i was never really comfortable with being the per like a front person which is f hilarious because then i started a solo project and i was the only person so <laughs> then i was you are by default uh, yeah, the front person. <laughs> the front but person. it's different than when you're a singer and you have a microphone and mm. people are staring that you and expecting you to impart some sort of intelligent <laughs> words, which doesn't always happen with me. So, so I stopped, and I don't regret it. Well, and you'll I probably get back to it at some point when you're, when you're ready, maybe. I like the idea of using the voice as a textural element, as an instrument, but I'm not so interested in writing lyrics and things like that, at least not for Insect Arc. Maybe for another project. I would sing in somebody else's band. Just not my own. Where the pressure's not all on you. Yeah. I got enough. I create enough pressure on myself. I don't need well, it. you play many instruments in Insect Arc, and you play other instruments with Gnaw. And, well, first of all, I know you, you had given me kind of a list of what you did play, and I don't remember it fully, so I'm going to ask you again. Okay. Um, and then, and what's... Like, what requires for you the most concentration, the most, like, practicing? Like, I'm guessing that there's something here. It's just like, oh, I should probably, you know, if you've got gigs coming up, are you, if you're not rehearsing, like, with a band and not rehearsing songs, what do you spend more time working on your craft at? The two instruments that I think are the main ones that I play in Insect Arc and in other bands is bass and then lap steel guitar. And for anybody who's not familiar with a lap steel guitar, it's, it's a s form of slide guitar that traditionally is played on your lap or horizontally on a stand. And it's basically a small slide guitar. So it's very challenging because it's a fretless instrument. Mm -hmm. And your left hand, instead of being able to bar the neck and form chords, you're, you have a steel bar that you slide along the strings. And so it can sound like a dying animal if you play it badly mm. and sometimes that's the goal <laughs> right i was gonna say bad, yeah th bad is is subjective yes it yes. is <laughs> um but that definitely is is really challenging for me because actually i'm not a guitar player i never r really learned how to play guitar but then i got this instrument that is a combination of a a guitar and like a you know a violin or something i mean it's totally there are no frets so it's, um, if you're trying to do things with precision, melodic lines or chords, yeah, it takes, it does take practice. So bass, I don't really practice that much. Sometimes I've had to practice bass playing other people's music. Like last year, I did a tour playing bass with the Swiss band Zeal and Ardor. Mm. And Love them. yeah, and that's really fast. And mm. I'm, I'm like a half tempo kind of guy, like really like whole <laughs> notes and slow bass lines. And that, that was really fast, and it was, it was challenging. And mm -hmm. I practiced insane amounts for that. How did you hook up with them? 
a friend in New York who is a, runs a management and booking agency had gotten a call, sort of panicked call, that the whole band of Zeal and Ardor, with the exception of Manuel, the singer, did not get their U.S. work permits after a tour had been booked. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, so they were looking for um, a pickup band yeah. in New York City. And so it was, I got this call and it worked out and me and a bunch of guys from from New York all formed this band. We all had to, you know, cram to learn this material mm. and it's it's complex. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a lot of starts and stops and it's very precise. But you saved the day. <laughs> I don't know if we, I think we did pretty well. Um, I was actually very nervous about it. Not about playing shows. I mean, I'm pretty used to that, but I was afraid that I was going to make a mistake and my butt was going to be hanging out in the air and like one of these, there's these very precise stops where everything stops and then you, oh, you know, right. yes, like suddenly yes, yes. you're like, you feel kind of naked, like, oops, you know, everyone. Or you hit a wrong. I meant to do that. Yeah, that, that was a slide out of that. That's that's the bass player thing. Yep, meant to do that. Just <laughs> <laughs> pretty good at that. But it went really well, and I think it had a lot to do with the strength of the other players and of Manuel as well. I mean, he was awesome to work with. Just very chill and you know, really friendly and easygoing and appreciative that we all basically stopped Saved what we were doing part, and jumped yeah. in and did this tour yeah yeah super cool that's a that's a really awesome record yeah it is it was fun to do so i had to really practice to play that because i had to play you know 16th note triplets at 200 bpm or whatever right. i was like yes. that is hard do you read music i used to be fluent at reading music now i'm just so can i can kind of stumble my way through it okay certainly makes it a little easier i guess uh, in some counts yeah i wanted to ask you about your videos so you have a job like your a job job what is your job let's <laughs> put it this way before i start telling you what you do i'm actually not an editor but i work with videos so officially i am an animator and i do motion graphics so i'm not a traditional animator i don't do cell animation i don't do character animation and uh, 3d animation i use a program called after effects which is a really powerful program. It's like moving Photoshop, and you can do all kinds of manipulations of images and text and special effects and all kinds of crazy compositing and stuff like that. I started out working on commercials when I first moved here, but now I mostly work on documentaries and music-related stuff. And it's kind of all over the place, but it's really fun. Did you do the animation for the Michael Alago film? I did the opening title sequence for that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I saw your name on that. Was oh, like, yeah. Oh, there's yes. some, right, there's some cell animation mm -hmm. in the black and white. No, I yeah. didn't do that. Okay. So I'm looking at the Insect Arc YouTube. I watch a couple of the Insect Arc videos, and they're really, really beautiful. Yeah, I, you know, since starting Insect Arc, there's a couple videos that I sort of directed, but there's some other ones that other people have done. Mm-hmm. There's a video that was done for Long Arms, the song Long Arms. Yes. Chris Carlone shot and directed that. And um, we just today finished a new video for one of the new songs called Skinwalker. Nice. That my old friend Sam from San Francisco, Stanya Khan, she's a video artist based in Los Angeles, and she shot and edited a video of us, and that's going to be out probably in the next couple of weeks. So. Mm -hmm. I've had to release some visual control just because of time. It's really time consuming to make an animated video. It takes, depending on the, the process, can take forever. But there's a video called The Collector, which is easily seen, that I did a lot of animation for. And actually, Alan from Gnaw and myself really put that thing together and our friend Mandy, who's a Vuto dancer, did this dance, and we built the whole set, shot it, and it was it, that was really fun. And then there's another one for an older song called Symbols. Uh, S Y M B O L S, not like cymbals, right. drum cymbals. Crashing. Um, that song is when it was a s well, they were both done when it was a solo project, but I sort of act in that, which is really funny. But <laughs> I play myself twice. I play my evil side, I guess, and I had a body double because there's some like 
sexy parts where we like kiss and stuff and when we're lying on the floor covered in blood together so obviously I couldn't double myself for that but it's you know about knowing how to trick the eye and using the tools to alter reality Mm -hmm. and that's really a big part of my interest with animation is what we call compositing which is taking things that were filmed separate from each other and combining them to create reasonably believable new environment and Mm. there's a lot of great artists who do that josh graham does that Uh and he's an incredible artist i'm sure you've seen his stuff and and i love his music too Mm -hmm. and i met him a long time ago back when i was kind of hanging around with in san francisco and bn flower was working with neurot recordings and that's when i met josh and there's so much cool stuff you can do with a computer. I used to be a painter and a printmaker, and then I found computers. Ah. So I was like, oh, I can actually make a living as an artist. So I feel pretty lucky that I don't have to work on commercials anymore. It does happen mm-hmm. sometimes, but I feel like there's so much stuff in this world. Like I don't necessarily want to be involved in promoting consumerism and buying more garbage that we don't need. Right. At the same point, you know, if somebody wants to hire me to work on something, I'll do my best to make it interesting and creative. Of course. And if I end up helping sell a new car or a cell phone or a pair of tennis shoes, (laughs) then I'll use the money from that job to put it back into something that I'm going to make. I don't own anything, so my overhead's really low. You know, I don't own a car. I always said the biggest thing I wanted to own was a piano. And I don't even have the piano anymore, so <laughs> I'm able to kind of move around. So I travel a lot. What was what you would consider your first live show, like in front of an audience? I think I was uh, s- uh, 16 or 17. I played the Hate Street Fair with my old band, the Mud Puppies, which oh. was like a rock and roll band, songs, did some covers. We played, yeah, we played the Hate Street Fair, and it was really foggy, and it was in the early afternoon, and our main audience was, like, some street people. This one guy had a cat that, like, lived on his shoulders, and <laughs> he was hooting and hollering. I think our my parents were there. Nice, <laughs> you know? nice. I think that was the first show that, one of the first shows I remember playing. What about an early concert experience, show experience? I won't tell you what my first big arena show was, but my sev- second one was Van Halen. <laughs> nice. Were they headlining at that point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who was opening for them? Do I don't remember. Mm. But I saw... Just like a kid. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. Mm-hmm. I was baked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I saw, a, I mean, I saw a lot of club metal shows and rock shows, mm-hmm. mostly metal. We would also go to these big arena shows. They were fun, you know. I saw, I saw Judas Priest. I saw Ozzy. I saw um, Scorpions, Iron Maiden, Motorhead. Everybody, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, I was such a little shrimp, but you know, it was so fun. I wish I had all my old vinyl and T-shirts. I can't believe I don't know where it went. It's gone. Oh. But I have photos. And you have the the memories. I, mostly. well that is the time frame of living a a fun life it's in there somewhere yeah exactly somewhere so we heard slow ray off of the marrow hymns record which is brand new on the profound lore label and then circle started off that set and that was ashley's choice sure was yes what would you like to go into next can you play that alice cooper song i picked that out for you I did. Oh, that's very nice. I love Alice Cooper. I had Michael Bruce on a couple of weeks ago. Nice. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah he, he didn't do a peer pressure, but, but I talked to him for probably, I don't know, 45 minutes or an hour, maybe. Oh, that's so yeah, cool. He's, yeah, he was amazing. So tell me about what, the, what this Looney Tune <laughs> off of School's Out means to you, Dana. Well, I, I think Alice Cooper was, was sort of my segue into the sort of gothic stuff i never went full goth I, you know after being a preteen metalhead i got into darker stuff but i never went full goth I, I was into bauhaus and you know more like the weird stuff and alice cooper obviously is this weird combo of like glam rock and pop and rock and theater and i just loved him 
and I used to study those bass lines actually because oh really yeah because Dennis Dunaway oh, he's the best yeah I don't know it's just even the humor I'm not such a like big big on humor in music kind of thing but Alice Cooper's sort of his lyrical humor mm-hmm. is so exceptional and so it's almost like Broadway camp totally yeah yeah, yeah it's not like trying to be cool it's really just like yeah so silly yeah Uh, but you know kind of sinister at the same time oh yeah and dark yes so that uh and this song i love the drums in this song the lyrics are great and the guitar is great and there's a great violin string section to it but Mm -hmm. i think the drum the drum beat is the thing that caught me immediately awesome so perfect here's some alice cooper as programmed or playlisted by dana Stay tuned. have returned we are going to be closing out this program uh dana Schechter is sitting to my left hello dear hello and so we just had a nice big healthy set of music that was necro death mort tell us about why you love necro death mort it's dense and textural and dark and they're not afraid to throw a groove in there and i can't wait to see them i don't know when that's going to happen but I'd actually like to play with them. Aha. Uh-huh. A show together. Where are they from? I believe they're from Europe. Well, let's get you I hooked up with them. Know. All right. So I'm embarrassed. I don't Pokes. Uh, who I knows don't have Necro, who knows Necro Deathmort to get Insect Arc a show with them while they're out there in Europe. Here we go. Or next time. Why not this time? Probably <laughs> probably too soon, but but no, I just I really love that record. And it's got cool artwork. And it's on Profound Lore. It sure is. Your that's, home label. That's right. That's how I found out about them. Nice. It's good when you're with like a label family. Totally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How long ago did you start your relationship with the label? Like when did you, did, had they put out anything else? No, we, uh, we just first were in contact this summer. Mm. So it's, it's a new relationship. It's going going nicely, I think. I think so. 
and you're celebrating the release of your your new record, which I think I have buried under here. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Yay. And you said that Ashley makes synthesizers. Yeah, she makes these pedals that they look like effects pedals, but they're actually multi-oscillator or dual-oscillator uh, instruments, like noise pedals with knobs and switches, and she makes them all by hand. It's called Ormus Electronics, mm -hmm. O-R-M-U-S. And she plays them in Insect Arc, and she also plays them as Ormus when she performs on her own. Oh, wow. And um, sh there's they're on the record, on the new Insect Arc record, and yeah, there's uh, they're all over the place. That is super cool. Yeah, yeah. unique and an interesting uh, thing to take on. And you are a member of NAW. I am. When did did that start? I believe it was about a year ago, mm -hmm. because the first show I did with NAW was in New Orleans a little bit after Mardi Gras, and it's Mardi Gras right now, so I'm guessing it's a little less than a year. Yay! Yeah. Cool. And I got in there right as they were sort of wrapping up the album and then they uh very kindly made a little room for me on the record to overdub some stuff so i missed the whole writing cycle oh, i wow. came in when the record was almost done and then they were like hmm let's see if we can you know find a spot for you so i just did a whole bunch of stuff and then they just moved everything around to make make it so that i got in there nice so now we're gonna be working on new material and we're gonna be playing uh the austin terror fest in Ooh. uh june nice and doing some touring and yeah really fun for me basically get to destroy my lap steel and just <laughs> squeeze it and strangle it and <laughs> slap it around and and it always seems to sound good uh, no, it's a is a wonderful platform for for destruction and fun at the same time. <laughs> That's right. Mm -hmm. What comes to mind if I ask you, like, what your favorite movie is? My favorite movie. I have <laughs> I have a lot of favorite movies. Try to think of this. I was on a horror, like a vintage horror movie bender this summer. Oh, good. I think the thing i went and saw the thing you know the Great original movie, yes yeah which that more that more john carpenter version is still very good yeah yeah and That's the morricone score for that mm. is incredible yes it's one of my favorites yeah that's it, still a really scary movie it's one of the, terrifying oh, yes. yeah it's terrifying and i hadn't actually seen it in a long time but i had been listening uh, you know again to the the soundtrack and then it was coming through over at i think it was at alamo draft house and i was like i am so there so it, it's not that the thing is my favorite movie, but that was a real standout event for me. Yes, yeah. uh, and a crazy man uh, would was talking my ear off during the film, which so that I remember that too. <laughs> he was talking about chicken wings. Um, oh yeah, because of course they do give you food there. Yeah, so. I was kind of wishing he would just go away. Poke him in the eye. Yeah, I just pretended he didn't exist until he got my until he got the point. But um, but yeah, so the <laughs> thing. I don't think I have a favorite, a favorite film. Just mm -hmm. like I don't have a favorite record. I'm not one of those. If you were right. standing stranded on a desert island, you could have one album, one film, one kind of food. Like you uh, would take something, and then later you'd be like, ah, maybe not the best choice. Should have gotten something besides soft boiled eggs and <laughs> you know the first Van Halen album. Oh well, oh well, <laughs> not not a bad choice if you if you have to take it. I don't. Do those go together? David Lee Roth would know. Well, Dana, thank you very much for uh, for being here, and you lasted the whole show. Yeah, that's that is wonderful, and thank you for for coming in person. Oh, I wanted know. to come and hang out with you, Diane. Yay, yay! Not many people do. Really? Yeah, I do a lot of phone stuff. Yeah, you know, but whatever. But um, I just you know, and we're gonna hear another track um, of Marrow Hymns on on your way out to close out the show. Um, I, your work is just so, it, it's heavy, but it's not, like, stupid heavy, right? <laughs> I, just, I love stupid heavy. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong yeah, with stupid yeah. heavy. And I don't think that anything that you do has stupid in it, <laughs> I think. Um, I, there's so many layers in it. And what I've found with listening to a lot of the things that you're on is that you 
write music that requires multiple listenings, mm, mm-hmm. which is it's captivating and it's really wonderful. And it kind of reminds me of how I used to listen to music when I was learning music, like, you know, in the 70s and stuff, like putting on a record and be like, whoa, what was that guitar part? Oh, my God, let me go back to that. And just like when I was really playing records over and over again and like in repetition, Insect Arc and other projects that you're involved with are so there's so much to them. It's r- really a joy to listen to and to and to really dig into. It's a lot you know? of layers. Yeah, 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 it is. So I just really, really love love that. So April fifteenth, you guys are playing at Elsewhere with Martin Rev and Wolf Eyes. Right. And there's some other things going on, and then you're going to be in Europe. You're going to be at Roadburn, and then anybody who wants to find out more about um, Insect Arc, it's insectarc.com. That's A R K, like Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark for bugs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you, Dana. Thanks, Diane. Take care. And that concludes another podcast episode. Thanks for tuning in. More on the way. I am Diane Kamikaze. Check my Twitter and Instagram. Handle is one word, Diane Kamikaze. And Kamikaze ends with an E. On Facebook, you can find me as Diane Kamikaze Farris, Rocker for Life. My regular WFMU program right now airs Thursdays, noon to 3 p.m. For an expanded version with lots of music, wisecracks, ticket giveaways, music news, and other fun stuff, check me there. The full link to my index of WFMU programs, including podcasts and regular radio shows, is wfmu.org slash playlists slash DK. That's a capital D and a capital K. I'm going to be working on encore presentations, and I've got years of old interviews and podcasts. So if, the, if there is something that you'd like to see reposted, whether you missed it or whether you just loved it and want to hear it again, drop me a line at diane at wfmu.org and request that. Be sure to subscribe to the show if you like it. Please rate it and review it. And there you go, WFMU peer pressure. Thank you. See you next time.